Friends, I love a good graphic tee, don't you? Did you know that I just launched my new magic wear? Yes, that's right. I have new designs, colors, clothing, cups, and hats. You can celebrate the love of reading by rocking an open the magic hat to the beach, a picture books are my jam shirt to the gym, and sip your chai tea latte on Fridays like me in a all new, all the confetti moments logo mug. Order today by visiting my shop at bit.ly backslash magic wear store. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash M-A-G-I-C-W-E-A-R-S-T-O-R-E. All right, let's open the magic together and spread the love of reading all around the world. Hey friends, welcome to the Confetti Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hinshaw. I believe that picture books open the magic for all readers. Today, open your heart and let all the book feels in. It's going to be so much fun. Let's open the magic. Welcome to another episode of Confetti Moments. I'm so glad you're here today. On today's episode, I get a chance to sit down with Becca Tiemann. We are going to talk all about nonfiction picture books. I know, I'm so excited too. You are in for a bookful treat. Without further ado, welcome, Becca. Thank you so much for having me here. I am, we were just talking about, we're nerding out. We're so excited to talk about picture books as always. It's like the best feeling in the world. I just love it. And I love how you have like, you started like with picture books. Like I kind of started with children's literature and then you focused down to nonfiction picture books. And I think that is like so great because I feel kids who are kind of on the fence of liking picture books. Once you seal the deal with nonfiction books, like you've got them, but we're probably going to talk about that later. I'm just so excited. So before we start, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? All right. So my name is Becca, as Courtney said, and I currently live in Cincinnati, Ohio, but I'm originally from very rural Western Pennsylvania. Um, I moved to Cincinnati about 15 years ago, and I think it'll be home forever. I love it here. Um, I have a master's in early childhood education and my PhD in literacy. I used to teach second grade and I just fell in love with the way picture books, specifically nonfiction, really painted this unbelievable picture for abstract concepts. And so that is what I fell in love with. And my dissertation for my PhD was all about nonfiction picture books and how they play a role in the kindergarten, first, second, and third grade classroom. And then I'm a mom of a two-year-old, a wild little toddler um, who keeps me very busy. And I own Becca's Book Box, which is a tutoring service. Um, We're in Cincinnati, but thanks to the pandemic, we actually have clients elsewhere virtually. And then I also have online courses for parents. That's so exciting. So I have some follow-up questions for you. First of all, I want to like hats off to you for getting your PhD. My boyfriend just graduated with his PhD and oh my goodness, like that seven years of like, I don't even know how you did it. Did you just like hide for seven? I don't know how long it took you, but did you just hide for your entire program? I'm going to be honest and say 
that I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I thought it was a longer, more, you know, in-depth master's. It is so much more than that. Um, so I kind of went in blind, which I actually think was helpful because I just kind of rolled with it. And I think it makes a huge difference. I loved what I was studying and I had the most amazing advisor and um, committee. I, I really loved being in the program. I also love being done with the program. <laughs> so graduating was, whew, I was very happy. Oh my so God. it is definitely a commitment. Can you like put your, I want to like, you should put on Instagram when they gave you your robe, not your robe, your, what's it called? The yeah. thing. When they, like a, yeah. You're hooded. You're hood. Thank you. Thank you. You should put that on Instagram because it is like such an accomplishment. So, oh my gosh. So, so great. And we'll have to talk more about that later because I will probably never do it, but you just never know. You never know. If it's in something you really love, it's worth it. It's really fun. I do, but I'm good not having to write another paper ever again. Like I, I just want to go take the classes, but like not have to do any of the work. I just want to do all the learning and the note taking and rainbow order. And that's what I want to do. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Okay. So you talked about getting your doctorate in non, you wrote your dissertation, which I want to know how many pages that was later, but you talk about nonfiction picture books. So why do you think, and you probably talked about this in your dissertation, why are picture books so important? I really feel as though picture books illuminate our worlds. We can talk endlessly to kids, but when they can really get lost in a picture book, it's like this whole other world is lit up. And I mentioned before, I think non-picture books have a secret power that they can make these very abstract concepts like photosynthesis or the solar system. They can really bring them into, you know, this visualization for kids. And then I also feel like it allows kids to live these lives that aren't their own. So they can experience, I actually did one of my, um, projects in my PhD program was to read all these different young adult novels or middle lit and each character was immigrating to the United States from a different country. I felt like that whole 18 months I was traveling and experience I wasn't really but I was experiencing all these lives that weren't my own and I feel as though picture books can do that for kids. I just, they're, they're so powerful and they give kids such a gift. Oh, I love that. And I was even thinking like, as you were saying how, you know, the kids read books that are not like them or whatever. And I, think, and I feel like nonfiction books give kids such a great way of asking questions. Because even when I'm looking through a nonfiction picture book, I think about like why or how, or I wonder. And Absolutely. So, oh gosh. I'm just loving our conversation. Becca can see me and I can see Becca, but you obviously only can hear us. And I'm like dancing over here. So <laughs> I just want to let all the listeners know I just love this topic. Oh my gosh. Okay. So before we dive more into it, I want to know, because I have this like theory about people who love books and I want to see if my theory is right with you, but what were you like as a reader growing up? I would say that I wouldn't describe myself as a reader. Um, my brother could just like blow through books. I remember just being like, how did he read that? And he was actually reading them. He was, he's always been a super fast reader. I 
was, I have always been a slow reader. I still am a slow reader. Um, but I firmly believe, and I try to share this with kids, especially struggling readers, which is who I usually work with when I'm tutoring that enjoyment matters so much more than speed and it always will. So you don't have to be a fast reader to love the books. And I think there's a lot to be said for being a slow and steady reader. Um, I think in our culture, we're always focusing on faster and sooner is better. Um, and it's not always better. So I wouldn't describe myself as a reader. Um, I had a lot of friends who were readers. I didn't read anything other than what was assigned in high school, things like that. It wasn't, in, I always loved picture books and with teaching, I love picture books, but it wasn't until I started my PhD program and I had a couple huge assignments where I had to read a lot of novels that I became absolutely obsessed with reading. And so this year, my goal was to read a hundred books. I will not read a hundred novels, but I'm, I'm reading a lot more books than I read last year when I had a baby. <laughs> so progress, right? Yeah, exactly. I love that. And I love how you said, I even wrote it down. It's enjoyment matters so much more than speed. If you are a parent listening to this podcast, I really want you, I'm going to say it again, because this is like, if Becca says nothing else, like this means so much to me that enjoyment matters so much more than speed. Oh, parents, just please listen to that. And that word enjoyment, we want your kids to enjoy reading. And it's not about what level, what, how fast they can read. It's about them enjoying and with enjoyment will bring so much more of a reading experience. Yeah. And I tell parents, you know, when I do like an initial assessment, you know, if they, are really slow with fluency, but they comprehend and can talk about what they are reading. That is such an easy, like, you know, struggle to chat, to remedy. Like we can always make their reading or their fluency a little smoother. At least they're comprehending it and they're understanding it and they're, they're learning from it. Um, but when kids read super fast, but they don't understand anything that they're reading, what's the point, right? Amen. I know, I know we see eye to eye on this. Yes, we do. <laughs> but I try to tell my sister and I'm like, okay, like blah, 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 blah. And she's like, okay, okay. I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to make her listen to you. Then like, <laughs> okay. All right. So you talked a little bit about this, about your, in your intro about Becca's book box. So when did Becca's book box come? What was the inspiration from it? I love hearing these types of stories. Okay. So to be honest, even though I have my PhD, I like research. I love reading other people's research. I loved my dissertation research, but research is not my passion. And um, kids are my passion. And if you look at my dissertation, my research was still in the classroom with kids. Um, I love kids. And I didn't realize all I was getting myself into with my PhD program, but I, I just realized my heart is with helping kids and particularly struggling kids. So of course, when you're in a PhD program, you still need to make money. <laughs> so of course I was tutoring and I had tutored for a long time, but it was the perfect complement to teaching at the university level because I was teaching in the early and middle childhood programs and also tutoring these kids that were in all different schools. And it was so, it was just so well-matched because I could share a lot of what struggling kids were going through, but also, teach um, students who are going to be teachers. And so when I graduated, I realized, you know what? 
I really want this business to fly. Um, and so this is, we are five years in going strong. I survived the pandemic, which was, um, you know, by the skin of my teeth. Um, <laughs> it was a really rough time for small businesses, but five years in, and I just, I love it. I have wonderful tutors who work for me in all different areas. And um, it's just been such a blessing to really have a big impact on a number of families and kids. I love that. It's so funny you say about research. I, cause I have my master's in reading and I had to take a research class and I made sure I did it in summer when it was only five weeks. And I was like, I can do this for only five weeks. And it was like the best, like get it done. I cannot do this for 16 weeks, but yeah. My heart was not in it enough to do it for a whole career. So, but praise to all of you that love the research, love the number crunching. I love reading I it. Oh yeah. That person. And it's so funny. Whenever we go to PDs for reading, I'm like in the front row, got my notebook, blah, blah, blah. We go to a math one and I'm like, I'm listening and I'm taking it in, but I'm not <laughs> as engaged. Yes. Uh, we, all have our, we all have our loves, right? Right. Didn't you meet somebody on Instagram that you're friends with now because of Becca's book box? Or is yeah, that so that that is true. I only started my Instagram just about a year ago. Um, and I did it to really reach more parents. Um, and so yeah, I met Steph from the Literacy Party and Liz from Let's Talk Play. And I've met a lot of one and you. Um, I've met so many people through Instagram. So as much as it's helping parents, it's really helped me as well. I love that. I love that so much. All right. Now we have to get into like the meat of our discussion, all about nonfiction picture books. So how do you explore a nonfiction picture book with your son or student to tutor? Like what are some tips you can give teachers and parents to help them navigate a book? So I think before we dive in too far, parents sometimes don't know that there's two types of nonfiction picture books. One is narrative nonfiction, which you can read front to back like a fictional story. Um, you know, think like the elephants come home where it's telling the story of something, but it's nonfiction. It's true. Then there's expository, which are more on a, you know, it's, I can think of a million of them, but um, it's on a topic. It may, and it, those don't have to be read front to back. They can be open to any page and you can soak something up. So my son is still really little. He's two, but we introduced nonfiction very early. Um, so we just like to soak up the pictures. I'll point out some new words and I often go for something he's already interested in. So right now everything in our house is trucks. So we've been reading a lot of construction books and truck books, but pointing out those new words, talking about different kinds of trucks, but it doesn't, we love it in the car because we can just open to any page, look at some pictures, you know, that's the idea of nonfiction. Um, there's there's actually a surprising number of nonfiction board books out there, which I love. With students, I take a different focus. I focus heavily on activating prior knowledge. So what do they already know about the topic? We have a nice conversation before we even get into the book. Then I make sure to teach new vocabulary words because nonfiction is like, it's just insane how many new words kids can learn from nonfiction. They could read it again and again and again, and every time learn new words from context. 
And then I also focus on a few text features. So think like captions, glossary, index, table of contents, all those little features. I might teach them. They might show some interest in one animal. And then at the back, I'm like, oh, let's find that animal in the glossary. What else can we learn more? You know, what else can we learn about that animal? And you're teaching them one of the text features really naturally. Um, and then the text structure. So how did the author go about writing this book? And every nonfiction book falls into a text structure, meaning it's main idea and details, or it's cause and effect, or, um, you know, it's all, all those different text structures. And so I teach them whichever one the book is. So with, with my students, I definitely dig in a little bit deeper, but it's still very exploratory and it's child-led. What they're curious in is curious about in the book, just dig a little bit further. You don't have to have some plan. So. Oh my gosh, I'm learning so much. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Sometimes I'll open a nonfiction book and I'm like, okay, like, where do I want to go? How do I want to start? And so you just gave me some really good ideas. Like I can start. It's in the a middle. little bit like choose your own adventure. You know, yeah. those choose your own adventure books. I feel like you got to write that one down too. <laughs> you have two quotes now that you can put on your page. All right. So you talked kind of about how you explore nonfiction. So let's say you're at Barnes and Noble or you're at your local bookstore or Amazon and you're looking through a nonfiction picture book. What makes you want to buy it? Okay. I'm going to be brutally honest. It's always the illustrations first. Mm -hmm you know, that's what, that's what causes you to pull a book off the shelf. Right. And if I'm going to be attracted, if I'm not attracted to pull it off the shelf, a child probably isn't either, unless they can tell it's on a topic that they're interested in. So illustrations always pull me in. And then my other little niche of nonfiction that I love is unusual stories or the origination of something. So for example, like I love balloons over Broadway because it tells the story of how Macy's day parade started yes. or there's this really cool book that I found at our local bookstore called under Ohio. And it's how Ohio has changed um, geographically and topographically in the last millions of years. I love that. Like I love learning where something came from. I have another great one, no monkeys, no chocolate. Well, if there weren't monkeys, we wouldn't have chocolate. And it goes through all the stages of, you know, how chocolate gets from trees to our table and how monkeys play a role in that. Like, I love those origination type nonfiction books. So that's what I really go for. And then of course, I'm always sucked in like by the Steve Jenkins type books, the fascinating animal nonfiction. It's over for me. If I see one of those, I love them. Right. Oh my gosh. Me too. And I love, I have this obsession with like, I love to know how things originated too. And so yes. I went down this like rabbit hole a few years ago about mistakes that are like real things like the chocolate chip cookie. Yes. The, the band bubble gum. bubble gum. I'm like, I need more of those. Like, Oh, so good. And kids love those mis mistakes that worked like they're, you know, those super cool stories. And I think it's, they're inspiring for kids too. Cause they, you know, they, it really opens up their imagination. Love it. Oh, so good. So you already kind of touched on one of your favorite nonfiction writers, but what's another one, or maybe you have more than one or two 
who are your top favorite nonfiction writers? So we were talking about narrative and expository nonfiction. For expository, it's definitely Steve Jenkins. And I love him not only because I think his story is pretty cool. He used to be a graphic designer and then he had children and he got into creating picture books for kids that are mathematically and scientifically unbelievable. Um, but he has so many on so many different topics. And I have just found that with struggling readers or kids who quote unquote hate reading, they can't, they can't turn down a Steve Jenkins book because they are just so engaging. I also, then I, I could, I, you know, I was trying to make a list. I, I can't, I love Nicola Davies. I love Rachel Ignatovsky. I love Libby Walden, Joe McDonald. So many, I, I couldn't narrow it down. I think they all are talented in different ways. So and you brought me in and I'm going to only say her first name and I'm going to let you say her last name because you like nailed it. But like Rachel, like her book about the flower and now I'm like obsessed and I'm like, okay, when are you coming out with more? I need more. Yeah. I mean, her books are beautiful. Women beautiful. in art, women in science, um, yeah. planet. She has one planet earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, just beautiful books and oh my gosh, I was trying to take pictures for a post on Instagram of her flower book. And I think I took a picture of every page because one page was more beautiful than the next and so informative. And yeah, totally. she's, she's unbelievable. So based on that, like saying they're so informative and so beautiful, do you think that nonfiction books like that help struggling readers or even not struggling readers grow a love for reading? Like, how does that happen? What I think, a few things I think that so cool about nonfiction is it's a jumping off point. Kids who dislike reading or struggle with reading, it gives them that visual support to either pull them in or support their reading. And then what I also love is often nonfiction, nonfiction picture books are written with different size texts so they can be read in different ways. So for advanced readers, a lot of the text is actually pretty high level. And so for kids who are really good readers, they're also perfect for. So I think most kids can find something to love about nonfiction and you can find books on anything, anything the child is interested in, you can find books, nonfiction picture books on that topic. And so it's always my go-to of course, you know, I, and don't get me wrong. I love fiction too. I, I love fictional picture books, but I think nonfiction has a very uncanny power for kids. Yes. And I love how a couple months ago on Instagram, you said, okay, like, give me a topic and I'll find a picture book for it. And like, oh, yeah. that was so fun. Oh yeah. I'm going to do it again soon. Cause I, it was actually very fun for me. <laughs> so I loved awesome. it. I love it. I love it. Okay, now I feel like every parent listening wants ideas for this and teachers and librarians, but how did you help foster a love of reading during the pandemic? I mean, what a year we've all had. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, well, I started my Instagram, which, um, you know, helps parents. And just the other day, just for fun with Sarah from Wonderfully Read, we created this kindergarten prep in a play-based way download. It's like 50 pages. I don't know what we were thinking, but we had a lot of fun with it because we want kids to play and have fun and love learning and love reading. And so we created this packet that would help parents. Right now it's free, um, but 
we just really, it's, that's a powerful way. I think parents want to know how to help their kids love reading. And so I try to put a lot of information out that help parents at home, you know, the home literacy environment and what they can change and do. But then I also started, even though I don't love being on video, I started a YouTube story time channel. There are quite a few story times. Um, so, you know, you can watch me read really fun stories. I did that a lot during the pandemic for kids who are at home. And then if you were in Cincinnati, I did a number of free outdoor story times, um, which was really fun too. So I haven't entirely kept up the online story time, but it's a lot of fun if you're, if you're just hanging out at home and want to have somebody else read you some stories. So I really focused on you know, sharing a lot of information and modeling read alouds so that parents could either do it or they could let their kids watch. That's a great one. Modeling how to read aloud. That's a skill that like you think people have and, and some don't, which is okay. They have to practice yeah. it, but it's definitely a skill as a teacher and as a book lover, you have to work at and it's not as easy as everyone thinks it is. No, I was really surprised because um, I hear all the time that people can't get their toddlers to read a picture book. So I did this random live. This was really risky on my part. Um, I literally just put the camera in our play space and invited my son to read with me. And so that people could see how I invited him to read. Um, and I think it's my most viewed IGTV. And it's probably because parents just want to know how to do that. If you have a busy toddler, how do you ask them to read with you and get them interested? And sometimes it's going in it a little backwards. Um, but yeah, it's a good way to really suck them into reading early. I love it. Um, you know how we had talked about earlier, how we both love like a feel good, a cry, a crying oh, book yeah. or whatever. Oh yeah. I'm trying to find more funny books because I realized all my books are about like the heart and you know, some kids are like, we need funny books. So I just went before I started recording with you and finding some funny books because I'm going to go help my sister with my nephews who are in town from Texas. I was like, okay, they're not going to like a feel good book. They need like funny books. So stay tuned how that works out. I'm going to see if I have a little balance. Still. Yes. Okay. So the question that I love to ask and my guests hate to answer it is what is your favorite book you've read this year? Okay. I'm going to say hands down. This is very easy for me to answer. Are you, are you asking for picture book? I'm asking you... for however you want to interpret the question. Okay. It's not a picture book. It's actually a parenting or teacher book and it's called rest, play, grow. I posted about it on my Instagram and I just feel so strongly about what that book had to say. I it's it is so so good. In one sentence, what is it about? It's really about how we care for and nurture kids to allow them to play and grow into who they're meant to be. And it is so well written. I, I just can't convey enough how much we, I, I hope teachers have a book club with it. I hope parents have a book club with it. It's very powerful. I love it. It sounds great. I, you know, and I'm not a parent yet, but I'm a teacher and I see kids all the time and I just want them to play more than be on electronics. And I think this whole last year has like 
we backslid a little bit and I hate to yeah. say that, but it's true. And so next year it's like, I'm going to let my kids be on the Chromebook when they have to have to, but rather than that, like it's going to be closed. Like yeah. we need to enjoy the world. We've been staring at a computer screen for almost two years. Yeah. So you're, you're so right. I will definitely want to check that out. Okay. I two last questions, but before I ask that, is there anything we did not talk about that you want to add or share? Before oh, I don't think so. I loved our deep dive into nonfiction, but we can always dive deeper another time. I love I could talk nonfiction for years. I know, love it. So great. Okay. So these are just fast, quick questions. You don't have to give any explanation. But what has been your all-time favorite picture book that gave you a confetti moment? Ironically, it's fiction. And I would say all the world. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, it just it makes, it makes my heart warm. Maybe because my son loved to listen to it, but I think it's powerful. All the World by Liz Scanlon. Okay. Ooh. All right. And then what picture book can you not wait to come out into come out now or in 2022? I am very excited for A Friend Like You by Frank Murphy. I have loved the book so far, A Boy Like You and A Teacher Like You. Um, and I can't wait for A Friend Like You because I, I have high hopes that it's going to be just as good. Oh, it's totally going to be good. And I know it's um, done with Sharnay Gordon as well. And like the both of them together are just a hoot. So I can't wait. I mean, any illustrations done by Kayla are like amazing. Like I already know they're going to be great. So, Ooh, that's a good choice. So where can my Confetti Moments listeners find you so they can learn all about nonfiction and all the amazing things you're doing for the book bowl community? Oh, they can find me at Becca's book box on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, you have a Facebook. Look at you. Yeah. I had that before Instagram. Uh, Instagram took me a minute to get into. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, Becca, thank you so much for coming on today. And it was just a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I was so happy to be here. Hey, teachers. How are you? I am just so thankful that you have been listening to the Confetti Moments podcast. It is something that I love to do. I love to share my love of picture books and books and the love of teachers with all of you. And you know what I would love as well is, hey, why don't you share this podcast with another friend to spread the magic with them and leave a comment. Let teachers know, what do you love about this podcast? What do you want me to share more of? I would love to hear from you. All you have to do is go on to wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a review. Thanks so much. And as always, open the magic. Thank you so much for tuning into the Confetti Moments podcast. I hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart. Take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home. See you back here next Monday to open the magic.